You're telling me you ran 1.5 grams of trend. Hey, what's going on, guys? On this episode of Drugs and Stuff, Dave and I discuss extremely high-dose cycles. Now, keep in mind, nobody here at Think Big suggests that anybody should do that kind of stuff, and you should always focus on getting the most out of the least. Dave did grow an incredible amount of muscle, but he also had some major lasting health consequences, too. We also tackle a bunch of listener questions. Can you reach your goals without trend, yet still get a trend-like result? Should you stabilize your wrist for arm training, diet, and gear approach for a type to diabetic, metformin for naturals. We discussed a statement by Louis Simmons that steroids don't make you stronger, they only help your recovery, improving your estrogen levels, and a bunch more. If you guys enjoy our content, then do us a favor and hit the like button, leave us a comment, and comment with questions for the next episode. And if you're new here, then we encourage you to hit the subscribe button, hit the bell, all of that. Guys, we have several bodybuilding podcasts coming out each week. IFBB pros and educators in our industry that are here to help you get better at the sport that we love. All right, guys, let's get to the program. If I was tempted to go trend, but fear the sides, so uh, can we consider high test in a winstro cycle to be a replacement cycle? which can give the same results as trend or can any combo do what trend does without side effects? So I guess the question is, is, question is there anything to replace trend? Number one. Milligram for milligram. No, nothing. But can you, um, can you get the same effect which, as trend? No, no, no. It's quite simply that no, the, 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 it's it's a very unique compound, um, which is why its sides are so unique to it as well. Which mm. really, it's not really sides; it's just effects. Um, you know, it, it's they're not side effects; they are the effects of the drugs. They're unwanted um, effects, basically. We have wanted yeah, effects yeah. and unwanted um, effects, is what it comes down to. And I think I a know. big note is the more you take the more of both of those you get. Yeah. There's no way of avoiding these effects. It's down to the individual as to how well they tolerate these effects. So a lot of people seem to be under this impression that like taking with like trend for, for an instance, if they don't feel the effects or they don't feel the side effects that they're not getting those effects. And that's not necessarily true. You know, trend will affect the the areas it affects irregardless of who you are but it'll be down to your individual genetic makeup as to whether you actually that has an impact on you so uh, trend will increase anxiety it, it is going to cause some cellular damage within the brain um but whether that impacts you or not is down to you as an individual but you're not not having those effects uh, um, and what you see with a lot of people with TREN is uh, they'll be quite sensible, two, 300 mg doses, maybe pushing the four now and again, and they'll get on with it relatively well. And then they'll do that one cycle where they have a problem and then they have a problem with it every day or since. And that is accumulative damage. That's not that that cycle was any different. It's that it's accumulative damage. I've been the opposite. So now, now the damage is built to a level... Well, some of it as well is 
so you can be in a certain place with your mental health. And I mean, at the end of the day, the, the biggest, most notable negative impact from Trent is to do with anxiety and mental health and those sort of things. And you can be at a certain place for your mental health that you take Trent and you have problems with it. But you can then be in a much healthier place mentally and take Trent and have no problems with it. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's very much to do with, your, you know, your base level, where you're starting from. Um, and you can get to the point where you learn to cope with the impacts. Yeah. That's, I think that was part of my it. experience. You know, over time, I got used yeah, to, so, know, yeah. to knowing what to expect. Someone who suffers with anxiety will learn coping mechanisms to deal with that. If they, if they don't actually treat the anxiety itself in the sense that they can't deal with the root of the anxiety, then they'll learn coping mechanisms to, yeah. to cope with the anxiety. So it's less impacting on their day-to-day -day life. It doesn't mean they don't feel it any, any less, but they just learn to deal with it easily. Um, well, easily is probably the wrong word, but you know what I mean. They, they just they, they develop coping mechanisms. And, and that can happen with, with the side effects from drugs where you're still getting the sides, but you learn to cope with them. And, and you see this very much when people do their first cycles because they'll be like, oh, I've got this and oh, I've got that and oh, I've got the other. And someone goes, well, yeah, that's because you're on gear. It's normal, mate. Mm -hmm. All right. And so they then just, they accept those. They normalize those sides in the same way as we have as a community pretty much normalized being TRT dependent. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, not a big, it's not a big deal anymore. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, I just, I just use tests now because my balls don't work anymore. It's no big deal. But you take that out of our community. Yeah. And that's like serious shit. But within our communities, it's so normalized now. It's just par for the course, you know. And so you get that element as well, that the, the, the more you experience side effects or unwanted effects from a drug, the more you learn to deal with them and less impacting they become or less of, of a deal they become to you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I could see that. I I think that for me, the first time I ran it, I, I went by what the message boards had said, and I ran 100 milligrams every other day with 100 milligrams of prop every other day. I suffered from uh, insomnia. Uh, definitely it affected my mood. I also got really, really strong, like really strong on it. Now, uh, down the road, because I did kind of really suffer with that, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm gonna try the lowest dose I can. And I had made my own at that point, got like the Finaject cartridges. And uh, I started, I started at, I want to say 25 milligrams every other day. And I slowly built my way up. I, a couple things. I found that when, when I have, this is just personal experience. If I were to start at a high dose all at once, it's a lot of androgen hitting my system and it's a lot harder to adjust to. If I started lower and slowly ramped up, I think that I adjusted to it over time and I didn't suffer as much insomnia or mood disturbances, stuff like that. But there still was like mm -hmm. a limit to that. Like there's that, I, I, yeah. I'd say the, the threshold being uh, started feeling the effect was probably around that 25 milligram effect, but then it started to get stronger. And then I found for me, I mean, 50 milligrams every other day was absolutely plenty. I never needed to go back to the 100 in order to get a good effect. Yeah, it's it's definitely a drug that 
you know, it's a very, very powerful drug. There's, there's no way around that. You, you, you know, and it's like, well, this, this, this will replace. No, nothing replaces Twentrim. There's nothing acts like it. There's, there's nothing works in the same way it does. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's a there's an anabolic that has such a broad spectrum engagement of receptors that it wasn't designed for. Yeah. You know, it, it, it attaches to so many different things, uh, which is part of why it's so powerful and part of why it has so many unwanted effects. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. I mean, I had run more later on and I, I did okay with that too. I, you know, I think that just over time, I, I do feel like I got like less sensitive to androgens, but yeah. And what was the most you ever ran on trend? 1.5 grams. You're telling me you ran 1.5 grams of trend. That must have been a legit roller coaster ride of fun. Yeah, I bet, man. I got, I, I got a little bit unemotional. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't know what it is. I, I genuinely don't. I mean, I am not immune to the sides of these drugs, as my health problems speak volumes of. Yeah, uh, but I never really had much in the way of problems when I was taking drugs. Um, One point five. So the, I mean, the highest I ever went was five gram, but that was for a very short period of time. But I did run four and a half gram for quite a sustained period of time. Of trend. Um, you ran no, five no, grams no, of trend in total. You know, oh no, we did get a question in total. Okay, we did get a question about this. Uh, how much? What was your highest dosing ever? So you ran five grams ever, like like all together. Yeah, that's the highest total dosing, and that's inject. That's not including orals. Good God, man! So um, I did. I did two very. The one thing that people probably don't realize is I didn't actually. So I started gear when I was nineteen. Okay. And I used from 19 till 20, 24-ish. Um, and that was one cycle. And never came off. Oh. <laughs> now, I kept it relatively a gram-ish. Okay. Sometimes a bit lower, sometimes up as high as 1.2. But... I never did more than 1.2 grams for four years. Then I came off, no PCT, because I didn't know what one was. Didn't understand anything. There was no logic to the cycles I was running. Um, um, it was very much, I went to the, the guy who I got my gear off. What was good? Oh, this is pretty decent stuff, right? I'll try that. And I'd, I'd run I'd run a couple of injectables, and every now and again for four or five weeks, I'd throw an oral in and then pull it back out again. Um, <clears throat> but doses were relatively low. Um, uh, and I did that, let's say, for around four years, came off, didn't touch a thing, nothing, no PCT, no nothing. Obviously suffered from very low tests for a very extended period of time, but didn't know that at the time. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Struggled with with everything that comes with low test. Um, massive, got very very fat, um, very depressed, um, uh, and then I ended up going to prison, 
decided that I was going to take use of the time, went back to the gym while I was in prison and started to try and get some form of diet in place. And slowly but surely, I, I started to come round. And my test levels obviously had improved. Uh, but this is a very extended, and this is 10, 12 years, this, this gap here. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what they were because I never tested them, but for the fact that I had a, a reasonable sexual function, I would have said that they were probably low teens. Um, and then I got came out of prison, got into training a bit more seriously, um, and then I did my first cycle, which was about a gram. Then I did my second cycle. That was a standard 12-week. I did my second cycle, and that was about a gram and a half. Um, and then I did my third cycle, which was probably actually slightly less. And then I started the UC project. Now, at the end of my third cycle, I did push it up to three grams, but only for a couple of weeks. Hmm, okay. And it was quite literally just to see how it felt. Um... And then I started the first UC project and I tapered up to about four, four and a half gram, I think. So it was three gram a test and a gram and a half a decker. Hmm. And I had a few bouts on the previous. I played around with high dose orals for a week or two, uh, but not really consistently. And I didn't didn't use a huge amount of orals on the first cycle. Uh, and I ran seven months. And the last three, four weeks, I started to feel toxic. I started to feel a negative impact. Yeah. But quite literally up to about the six-month mark, which meant I'd run a good three, four months at four and a half gram. Um, I felt generally really good. Let's let's break that down for a minute. Uh, four four and a half grams. How how would the dosing on a cycle like that look per week on each compound? Well, it was three grams a test and a gram and a half a deca. So three grams a test. Let's figure an so average ten, CC of test is going to be two hundred and fifty milligrams. So that would well, be was, four milliliters to get one yeah. gram of test. So that means twelve milliliters in a week. That's a lot of oil in test alone. It was 300 and it was 10 yeah. mil a week. 10 mil a week of test alone. Hmm. So that means you're doing over one milliliter a day. And then hmm. and then what else? And then the Decker, um, which was, um, I think that was 250. And so that was six mil. Okay, so 16 milliliters a week. That's over. Oh, I, injected every, yeah, I used to inject every day. Yeah, that's over two cc's a day. That's, that's a lot of gear, mm. man. That's a lot of gear. Um, no insulin, no growth. None of that for that cycle. Um, and like I said, I, I ran about a month too long. Um, and I started to feel that tip where you start, output starts to go down. You start to feel run down. You start to feel fluey and coldy and shitty. Yeah. Um, came off. And I came off off. Did a PCT, and I was 365 at my peak, and I dropped down at 255, 256, 257, somewhere around there. Hmm. Um, looked all right, but I did struggle with the shit, I've lost loads of size thing. 
Yeah. Um, I hadn't. I dropped quite a bit of water, but I because oh that was the other thing I was I was running no AIs either. Holy shit! <laughs> Did you ever get your labs done during that time? No. No. I wonder what your estrogen I, was. I was. I ran. I I'd, I sporadically throw in a bit of aromasin or a bit of a viron, but I never I never had a conscious estrogen management. Yeah. And I've always tolerated high estrogen really really well. Um, I guess. I, and to be honest, I, I just didn't really, apart from a bit of water retention, I didn't really have any sides. I was training hard. I was training fast. And I felt mobile and I felt big and I felt strong and I was strong. Yeah. I say it went a little bit wayward towards the end. Uh, came off. Felt fucking brilliant when I came off, as in actual energy levels and that side of things. Yeah. Um, did a PCT. Um, and um, just felt like, nah, this was this wasn't going to work. So I jumped back on a cruise, um, and I started, I think, on about two hundred mig a week. Hmm. Um, and then uh, I felt good. I, I sat at that. Um, everything was going well, and I started to consider the next push. Initially, I wasn't going to go any further. That was going to be the end of it. And then I thought, no, this feels unfinished. And I feel like there's more there. So I feel like my so, kidneys could take a little more, is what you were saying, basically. Well, I, 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 hadn't, I, I had, I tell a lie, actually, I did have some blood work done because I had been to the doctors. Yeah. I'd had, I've had my liver and my livers were fine. There was no concern. I tell you what was really good was my blood pressure. Yeah, we got it. Okay, we got a question about that. You're kind of covering like all of our questions. We were talking about high or trend, and can you replace uh, trend with another compound? And you covered like three of our listener questions already, Dave. How about that? Okay. Well, well, my my BP was averaging around one twenty four, fifty seven, fifty five, fifty six. Fifty six. That's low. Mm, that was good. Yeah, especially for your size, man. Mm. Yeah, I was 365 pound at that. Yeah, that that you wouldn't. Huh. Interesting. And then I went on the last cycle. Yeah. Um, and very early on, my back went. Um, and on that one, it was right. Okay, I'll, I'll I was going to start, and it's like no, I'll I'll pull the, I'll pull it back a bit, and then my back would feel a bit better, and I brought the dose back up. Uh, and then my back wouldn't be right, and I bring the bounce back down, and I fucked about like that for ages. Hmm. Uh, and and before I knew it, ten months, eleven months had gone by. And I, I know it sounds stupid talking about it now, but it was literally how it was. Um, it would be, I'd come back down to five hundred, and it'd be like, oh yeah, I'll go back up to a gram and a half, and oh, no, and then I'd go back. Um, uh, and then eventually I committed fully and, and I was just too toxic. Um, I didn't have any particular size in this major size. But then again, at that point, I was very accepting of anything. So I I got a load of central nervous system stress and I got um, adult rosacea. So I had these really big sort of, they weren't spots, they were deeper than that. They were almost a bit like boils, but they were really deep under the skin. Yeah. Um, I got that for a period. You can see that in the film. You can see my face looks a mess. 
that that cleared up relatively easily with some antibiotics. Uh, but yeah, I was just up and down like a yo-yo and, and just got more and more toxic. But I was I was going to the doctor about my kidney function. And he kept saying, no, it's normal, it's fine, it's normal, it's fine, it's normal, it's fine. And then obviously eventually it just backed in. Do you feel like, because you said like with people running high doses of, or people running trend, not just high doses, but that, you know, they're, they, they're okay, they're okay, they're okay, and then they're not okay. Do you feel yeah. like the issues you had on that last cycle were just the result of that cycle or was that an accumulative thing from having run you know other big cycles pre like the other big cycle previously i i think why the first big cycle was so well tolerated was i went into it off the back of a cup my cardio was high i was lean i was fit mm. i was relatively healthy and i think that's why that that's why it was tolerated so well Going into the second cycle, I didn't have enough time off in between. Ah. My, my my cardio output was nowhere near high enough. Yeah. Um, it just it just wasn't. Um, and at the end of the day, how fit and healthy can you be at three hundred and sixty-five pounds? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There becomes yeah, there becomes a point where just the physical load of your mass starts to have an impact. Yeah. Um. I mean, the, the the second cycle was, I had every warning, I, though I didn't particularly have really bad size, you know, I wasn't like losing the plot, I wasn't suffering from major anxiety, I wasn't having these sort of problems, I was very toxic, um, and food was a problem, and I was, but I was just at the point where I used to just force it in. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there was no pleasure in eating. There was no pleasure in anything. It was just constant force feeding. And I'd retch and I'd feel sick. And, and obviously my stomach wasn't playing. And that was the trend. <clears throat> but you didn't see it for that. I It was like, I've got to eat this. So there was no choice. There was no conversation about it in my head. It was this needs eating. So it gets, eat, it, it gets eaten. It's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. But, it, I mean, pe people say, but then you think about people that don't like their job. They get up, they go to work every day. They don't question it because they know they have to go to work. It, it's just automatic. That's a good way. That's a good analogy. That's a good comparison. I like that. And, and that's how I was with food. There was, there was no option of not eating. There was no option of not consuming. Yeah. So if I puked back up into the tub, well, that got eaten as well. There was just no choice. Oh, it was going in. Oh, Dave. God, I know Dave. it's not funny, but Dave. it was going in because food meant growth, food meant size. So food, there was no option; it had to be done. That's what my dog does. Like you, she'll yeah, eat it, something and then she'll throw it up, and it looks almost the same, but half chewed, and then she'll eat it again. It, it, it was exactly. It came back the same. It didn't come back yeah. as sick. It came back as meat and rice. You know what I mean? Because oh. I was literally that much food getting rammed into my system. Oh, good uh, God. I mean, obviously, you know, you can sit here now and look at it and go, you absolute fucking plant plot. What the hell were you doing? Yeah. But when you're in the middle of that and you've gone down that rabbit hole, yeah, it is difficult to see. Um, and there'll be people that listen to this show that may not have experienced to that extreme, but will experience where they've they've gone down, you know, be training rabbit holes or drug rabbit holes or, or, or just behavioral rabbit holes where they can't see what they're doing. Yeah. 
I like that term you used. It's a very British term, lost the plot. It's not like you lost the plot. I like that. That's a good way of describing somebody who's lost their mind. Mm. We, no, we don't I mean, say that it, here. It was, it was, it was, it was an experience. Uh, and though it sounds like a very negative one, I actually found it a very positive one. You got to explore something at such a depth and level. Mm. You know, some people want to explore everything they can. But the more you try to go out and explore in the world in your lifetime, the less you actually get to have of each experience versus taking one thing and really getting into the, the depths of it. I, I would agree. There's, there's something to be said I, for that. I went to my limits um, in, in lots of different ways. Yeah. All, all obviously evolving around getting as big as possible. But, and I learned a lot about myself. Uh, and I came away from that with no need to prove anything. All right. Well, listen, uh, this was the, the, in that, like that, like I said, we'll find that question eventually, but there was a question that related to that. So we already covered it. Uh, just to kind of wrap this one up, you said, uh, if I was tempted to go trend, but fear the sides, so can we consider high test and winstrel cycle to be a replacement as a cutting cycle? Uh, would it give the same results as trend? You said no, but what are, what are your thoughts here though? Could my thought would be he could attempt to run trend if he wanted to get a trend effect, but at a low low dose. Like I mean, even twenty five milligrams every other day, I feel like you would get an effect from that. Your side effects are going to be lower. I just want to throw that out there on the table. Uh, otherwise. You can get in shape. Would you agree with this? You can get into yeah. great shape and look peeled without it. You don't need it, you know? Right. Let's let's. There's two things here. Now, let's get them differentiated because I don't think he is. Okay. No drug acts like Trent. Okay. The results he desire do not require Trent. There we go. That Yeah. I think that's there's an important one. So, you don't need Trent in a cup. You don't need Trent to get lean. Yeah. Yes, it has certain actions that are favorable in those positions, but you don't need it. You yeah. need the, that If he put a picture of his desired results, that would be completely achievable without trend. So you don't need a drug to achieve certain results. Agreed. Drugs may help achieve a result because of how they act, for argument, Winstrel, obviously you're going to be a lot drier with Winstrel, you're going to be harder. But that's possible by other means. You don't have to use Winstrel to achieve that. Yeah. Um, so there is a difference. And, you get, you know, it's, it's not a case of that you need certain drugs to achieve certain looks because you don't. Yeah, we, we've said it before. We'll say it again. It, it really does honestly come down to combination of your nutrition, uh, your cardio, and being able to train hard. And if you can get those factors right, then any of the drugs, like, you know, Chris Aceto, we've talked about this on some of the other shows, like Ron and Dusty have both worked with Chris. And it, when it comes to starting the cycle, Chris would just be like, well, what do you, what do you have on hand? What do you like to take? You know, this is a guy who's working with Olympians and he is so not concerned with what cutting steroids you use. Obviously he's not going to be like, okay, take some D ball to get shredded, but you know what I mean? It's like, well, you got some Winstrel, got some Master on, got some Trend. Okay, whichever one you want to use, really, you know. And it's true, they they are not. 
yeah, and people people seem to think you know it. It's the drugs that that are the the missing key, and and it definitely isn't. Don't the drugs help? And drugs have an effect, and they have an impact, and they can really do things. Yeah. But so can diet, and so can training, just as much. Absolutely agree with you on that. All right, I'll jump into some other stuff here. Um, actually, here was that question. We already kind of covered this one, but I'll throw it up on the screen for him. He says, what's the Dave's thoughts on megadoses? Heard a voice clip where Nasser was taking five grams of test per week. What's the most Dave took? Uh, and did that make a difference? I think we kind of already answered that one. So I figured yeah. I'd get it up on the screen for him, though. All things being equal, more gear is going to yield more results. But there is always going to be that trade-off between results and toxicity and results and stress on the body. And, and it's a fine line. Uh, and, and obviously health. More gear, more health risk. Yeah. Um, so it's it can be a short-term gain for a long-term loss. Um, I went the high doses for two reasons. One, speed of which I was trying to gain. And two, quite literally, because I just wanted to see what it was like. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people uh, in that I, second boat. Well, in both of them. And I have to admit that, you know, at three gram, yeah, things do get interesting. But you're always playing that game of, so I'm on three gram or I'm on three and a half gram and I'm strong and I'm growing, but I'm also causing all these health issues and these health risks. Yeah. Uh, and that's a that's a personal choice of how you how you balance that risk to reward. Scott added, uh, and, and this is kind of backs up what we're saying. He says the difference between Natty and enhanced on stage is mainly size, not conditioning. You know, there's if, a lot of if, Natty guys that are shredded. I'd say, if anything, you go to a Natty show and the conditioning usually is better across the board than it is at a assisted show. A lot of times, because like that's the only card they have to play. You know, yeah. looks like we answered this it one is. too. Somebody asked if Dave took blood pressure meds. Um, when he was on cycle back in the day? No. I didn't have blood pressure issues to that very last cycle, um, and that was literally because of the stupidly large amount of time I was on. Ah. And the, the consultant actually reckoned, I don't believe we agree with him, but the consultant reckoned the gear had nothing to do with it. I think that's bullshit. <laughs> he, he, he reckoned it was just the sheer physical size yeah. That basically I outgrew my internal organs. That was how he put it. Okay. Um, I do think the physical size definitely had an impact. Yeah. But obviously, you're not, I'm six foot one. Yeah, I'm naturally a big guy, but I'm not naturally a fucking 190 kilo guy. Right. Um, you know, and, and carrying that sort of level of mass around all day long was, was hard. Um, it was physically impacted. It was physically hard to cope with. And as a result, it was hard on every part of me. Yeah. But right. so was the five gram of fucking drugs as well. 
All right, listen. So we did have a bunch of other questions, so I'm going to run through a few of them here. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm going to take a brief moment to shout out our sponsors. I'll make it quick, but this stuff's super important because it's our sponsors that help to make this show possible. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. And if it wasn't for you shopping with our sponsors, we wouldn't be here either. You can support our programming by shopping with truenutrition.com. They're our title sponsor. They've supported us for a number of years. They have awesome health and performance supplements. You can ask Skip or Dusty or Scott Stevenson all about True Nutrition and they'll tell you how good of a company they are. Hardcore bodybuilders have trusted them for over 15 years now. Use our code THINK. You'll get some savings. You'll support our programming. If you're in Canada, you can shop with supplementsource.ca. They have highly discounted supplements, discounts on bulk orders, and free shipping over $99. Check them out. And finally, you can directly support our programming on Patreon. I'll have links below for Patreon and everything else. We're taking more questions over there, and I appreciate everybody who's already helping to directly support our programming through our Patreon. All right, guys, thanks for hanging with me. Let's get back to the show. Off off the drug topic, talking about training, you were talking about stabilizing your wrist um, while doing your bicep work and your tricep work. It says, what about, uh, it says about wrist stabilization and arms. What are your thoughts on using wrist wraps during arm movements to eliminate wrist flexation? So uh, I've got, I'm 50-50 on this because part of me is like, yeah, fine. As long, you know, if it's going to stabilize things and then you're going to get much better bicep recruitment, then great, crack on with it. But then the other thing is, but if you do that, you're never going to develop the ability to hold your wrist stable because you're always using a support in order to do it. Yeah. So I think that there is a, there is a bonus to that, but you need to be conservative in how you use those supports. I would agree. I don't think you, I think you've got to be careful that you don't become reliant. Yeah. I, I've mainly only used wrist wraps on like really heavy pressing movements, but I have left them on because I was already training, just not quite wrapped as tight uh, going into you know, shoulders, bice, shoulders and triceps, stuff like that. I could see, I could see the, the benefit, especially if you're having an issue, you know? Yeah. I've only used them on heavy presses, be that, bend, be that chest presses or shoulder presses. Yeah, and I I would never strap until I went to four plates or above. Okay, but previous to that I strapped at three. Then when I got stronger, mm. I left the straps off at three and strapped at four, so that at least I was developing some strength in those areas as I as I moved through the weights. Yeah. See, the the danger is, and you see where the prime example of this is when people squat high, or even leg press high. Um, the the risk is that if you do a movement and you get strong with a support that you're going to open yourself up to the potential of more injury. So if you always squat high and you start getting up to five, six, seven plate squats, but you're squatting high that one day you go that little bit deeper. Yes. You're in for a world of shit. Yeah. Because you've no strength in that period of the range because you've always squatted high in the same way you know, if you develop strength and you're always wearing elbow sleeves or wrist wraps or knee wraps, and then you get into a situation where they're not there, you're not going to have the strength in the same way if you build the back. So as you progress in strength, I would move your assisted 
area weight up. Yeah. So that even if you're assisted at three plates and above and you get up to four, then maybe you're assisted at three and a half plates and above. Get up to five, then you're not using assistance till you hit four plates. So you're always building some strength in the background to support your body's overall strength. Yeah. Otherwise, you create a very weak link in a very strong chain. That makes sense. I think a lot of people would agree with that. You've heard the same thing with belts. Like guys say, hey, I just use my belt on my heavy sets, you know? Mm. All right, how about this guy? Says, um, been around for a long time training for, I've been around a long time. I stopped training uh, for a couple of years. I'm trying to get back into training. He says, I've been diagnosed type two diabetic. What kind of diet should I approach? And what gear would work? Well, as long as his type 2 diabetes is controlled, uh, I don't see an issue with your typical bodybuilding diet. I mean... Yeah, stay clean. Yeah, just keep it clean and, and maintain, you know, your your diabetic control f- through whatever medication you're given for it. You might be able to reverse uh, it. May- yeah, I mean, if, if his diabetes diet has come around because of very poor diet, the cleaner diet might actually aid him in that department. Yeah. Gear-wise, what you would run normally. There's, there's, I see no no reason to change anything as long as your diabetes is, is managed correctly. Yeah. In fact, exercise alone can improve type 2 diabetes. So just it getting can. in there yeah. and training, just getting back in and doing cardio, that stuff could make a difference for him. What else do we got here? Um, Oh, we did this one. This was that wrist stabilization question. What else do we got here? We did have one. Somebody said uh, they'd like to see us do a, um, was it this question? Said he'd like to see us do some type of a crossover episode and have Dave on blood, sweat, and gear. The Crossland crossover. Crossland crosses over. The only problem is, guys, that we record that show at night. And night at night here, Eastern Standard Time. So, Dave, what time is it at about uh, 7 p? No, we'll say 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's like 11 o'clock well, at night. What time is it there now? It is 10.15 a.m. Right. So I am five hours in front of you. Yeah. So that would be like pretty late. We'd be recording between 10 and 12. Dave doesn't, Dave's, Dave's got to get his rest. He's got a lot of shit to do. It's the only thing here. What else do we have? I I am, I am, I am quite an early to bed. I must admit, I'm generally heading towards bed at nine, half past nine at night. Maybe we could get the guys to record earlier one day. It would be fun to have you on that show. Uh, Met Foreman for Natties. Don't know if you guys already discussed this in a previous podcast. Big fan of the podcast. Are you a natty if you use metformin? Oh, I, I genuinely don't know what what I think there. <sighs> well, I, I I'm guessing he means he doesn't take steroids. Yes, but it's what I mean is it's being used for a performance advantage. Yeah, yeah. And what else has but he been like, taking? It's, it's not your typical. I mean, obviously, it's not an anabolic, but... Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I, I wouldn't see a... I wouldn't see any any difference in a guy who's not geared using it than a guy that was geared. 
Would no. you? I I think where you'll see an impact, it would depend on how poor your current diet is. What do you mean? Well, if your diet's pretty clean and pretty on point, I don't think you're going to see the same sort of impact on metformin huh. than if your diet was a little bit wayward, where it will probably help it more. Okay. I didn't mean it to ask. Do you uh, agree? Yeah, I I think so. I I I think so, man. I, I and I don't think that 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 I don't think it matters, man. Whether you're natural or enhanced, it's it's not like like T three natural enhanced versus enhanced. It's not like if you're not on gear and you use metformin, you're going to have all these issues. You know what I mean? You're going to lose a bunch of muscle or something. No, I don't, like it's that. not going to be. It's not going to be hugely impacting either way. Yeah. I do think it gets overused, I mean, though. Like, by everybody. Yeah. Gear, natural enhanced, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> yeah. Um, I've, it's one drug I've never done. Yeah. I've, I've never done that for me. So. Yeah. We've talked about, you know, we've talked about it on various shows. I've just seen... I've seen guys that I think limited their potential in their off season. They stayed leaner, but they were using so much food and and it was almost like it was it was <clears throat> limiting their ability to get the most out of the food that they were using, you know. Some of it got disposed so they weren't they weren't getting fat, but they also weren't growing, you know. Yeah, it's almost like driving with a handbrake on, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, it, it's. I, I think this is a problem that we, in general, have within the user community: is that we drugs are tools. They are our toy box, toolbox, however you like to look at them, but they are tools. Yeah, uh, and sometimes it's about picking the right tool for the right job rather than trying to get the screwdriver the screw in with a hammer it might do it yeah but it's not particularly the best way <laughs> yeah all right this one had yeah, that... oh sorry i was gonna move forward we had this one had a little uh, some interesting side notes to it he says uh at what bp range would you consider approaching a doctor to discuss pharmacological intervention um I'm always sitting below 125 over 75 on 125 milligrams of test per week. So more than likely uh, higher in the growth phase. I've heard you mention uh, about all the YouTube uh, crowd using Telesmartin. Um, I managed to get angioedemia from it, uh, swelling in the tissue, face, hands, lips, tongue, etc. So an ARB ACE inhibitor is out of the question. First question would be, have you exhausted any other approaches to lowering your blood pressure? I would agree, dude. Listen, man, somebody else jumped on the feed and they're like, oh, you need to you need to get on this. You need to get on that. All bodybuilders should be on these drugs. And I, I think that that is a terrible approach to just blanket say that every bodybuilder needs to take an ARB, for instance, but you'll, you'll hear I, that they are know? not drugs to be. They are not. They're not drugs to be fucked about with. 
Um, what's wrong with doing a bit of cardio? What's your diet like? What's your estrogen management like? You know, are you having high BP because of estrogen management issues? Is it the fact that you don't do any cardio? Is it the fact that you're just unfit? Yeah. Um, these are much healthier and much more sustainable ways to manage your blood pressure. And I would say, but, I mean, check it. 125 over 75 is not an issue. You know what I mean? And that's where he's at no, with TRT. I mean, if you get higher, yeah. check like check it. Have your own cuff at home and check it. And then, you know, maybe maybe talk to your doctor about it, too, if you do see it getting higher. See what he and says. It's, it's not necessarily going to be higher in a growth phase. Not everybody's blood pressure spikes when they go on cycle. Yeah. Some do, some don't. Yeah. Um, people often will change how they train when they're on cycle. They train harder. They train faster. So they get an element of conditioning work there, which helps manage their blood pressure. Yeah. Uh, their diets are cleaner when they're on cycle. They pay more attention to their estrogen management when they're on cycle than they do when they're on a cruise. So there's all these factors that add in. That I would look at firstly causes. Is there anything actually causing it? And, and then I'd, I'd start with the fundamentals, you know, the basic stuff. Yeah. I would agree with you there, man, 100%. He mentioned... Uh, the the swelling in the tissues that's a rare rare side effect to get and guess what i get that too yeah it's and the other thing as well with bp meds is they mask a lot yeah so you are you are removing one of the feedback mechanisms that would tell you that something's not quite right hmm I think the you know the the mindset here using the least amount possible. It's it's we're all we're all guilty of it. I mean, it's a society problem more than anything else, isn't it? You know, I've got this wrong. Right, what tablet can I take? Yeah, yeah. No, you know, I've got cold again. This is third one I've had in the last three months. Well, sort your diet out, do some exercise. No, no, I'll just take tablets. We're all guilty with that. I can put my hand up. You know, I'm as guilty as anybody else to that. It, it's. It's not something that's unique to us or unique to users or unique to any individual. It is a society-wide approach to things. Yeah. But uh, when you start messing with serious medications, you know, you, you've got to be a little bit careful there because there are, as he's experienced, some quite unpleasant side effects to some of these drugs. So here's the way I found out I had the swelling. I was getting ready for the gym one day, and I... I can't remember. I think I brushed my teeth. I looked in the mirror and there was like a little bit of blood on my gum. And I was like, huh, that's weird. You know, it's going to go away, obviously. Like sometimes you floss your teeth and you get a little too aggressive and your gum bleeds. So I thought it's no big deal. And I go to the gym and later that night I noticed it was still happening. And the way I'd see it, there'd be like a little drop of blood on my tooth. It's like weird. So then I go to bed. I wake up the next day and I notice a couple drops of blood on my pillow. I keep taking my BP medication, keep taking my BP medication, and it doesn't freaking stop. And it got worse. It got to the point where there was like a puddle of drool blood on my pillow. It was so gross. And finally, I realized what it was, and I talked to my doctor, and it was that I was getting swelling in my gums. And and I guess it's a really, really rare, rare side effect. But I could go down a whole rabbit hole with this, but I think that it has, for me, 
to do with uh, how I process. It's it's a rare thing, and there's been other drugs that I have a really strange metabolism of. I think that what it is is that I don't break some drugs down as quickly as other people. Same thing with like a bodybuilding drug, yohimbine. It'll just stay in my system so that I, I get the worst side effects because it never metabolizes. But mm-hmm. it's a whole other thing. All right. Let's see what else we got here. We're getting through a bunch of them. Uh, if Christmas cabbage doesn't make an appearance, we riot. Dave, where's the cabbage? Be, he's upstairs. He'll be back next week. He has not been on all year. It's only the second fucking episode, for God's sake. It's been all freaking year, Dave. All right, so Christmas cabbage can't have a holiday. Is that what you're saying? He can't have some time off. <laughs> oh, there's rumors, too. Look, at there was a comment to that. I heard that the cabbage got boiled. Oh, boo. So there you go. All right, what else do we got here? Uh, Louis Simmons said that roids don't make you stronger. They just increase your ability to recover from workouts. Thoughts? I would disagree. I would disagree as well. They used to say that steroids didn't make you stronger, though, back in the day. They used to say it didn't make you grow as well. Yeah. And they used to say that if you... If you increase the dose, it wouldn't increase the results. Mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah? Do you have something else to that one? No, no. Just, that's a long one. I don't know if I can read that much. Okay. I started my TRT, self-administered. I take 125 milligrams of test E per week divided by three shots per week without AI. My so he's taking one twenty five and he's dividing that into three shots. My total test after six weeks is five eighty five nanograms per deciliter, and my E two is seventy one, which seventy one is very high. Uh, and then he says, which is very high. Uh, I am a lean person, about eleven to twelve percent in the off season. I do not notice any sides. Uh, otherwise. Uh, I got a little bit soft and gained some fat. Should I inject every day instead of three shots per week? Would zinc help in my situation? Or am, uh, in my case, uh, an AI would be the solution? I heard some physicians say you should never control estrogen at all if you have no side effects. And others say that estrogen must be kept in the normal range even if you don't have sides as there is evidence that estrogen is linked to prostate cancer. Some say an AI will destroy my HDL, bone density, etc. And the others say the extreme estrogen suppression uh, because of overusing AIs is, I have to move this to read it, is the real reason for such things, um, not the AI itself. I would love to hear your opinions. Thank you. It was a good, good, good question and well written. A lot of good stuff in here. Right. So he could try ED, um, and in theory, that should lower his estrogen because it's also going to lower his peak levels. 
Um, AI-wise, I think the only option you would look at would be a Romasin. Um, so taking estrogen too low is going to affect your cholesterol levels, but also Rimadex, Letrozole themselves affect your cholesterol levels. They lower your HDL, where aromacin doesn't. So that would be my choice for AI if he was going to need an AI. He says he doesn't have side effects, but then he says he's got war retention and got fat. So therefore, he does have side effects. Yeah. Am I reading that right? Are you, you, you're on the same page with me with that? Yeah. 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 He says, I, no I do not notice any side effects. Otherwise, I got a bit soft and gained some fat. So, so that that, that sounds like a side effect to yeah. me. Assuming assuming it's not diet related, cardio, you know, all that stuff. It's not like environmental yeah. outside of that. Uh, well, he, he says that he generally stays ten to twelve percent off season. So I would suspect that if he's gained fat, that he's noticed as being unnormal. It's yeah, be yeah. Um. I do. I just default to my normal argument of issue needs to be managed rather than either you know this or the other. And, and people do tend to like extremes, or they like to shout about extremes. Obviously, seventy-one is high. Um, and yes, I would be more towards the cover if it's not causing you a problem. Leave it alone. But I do think that that's too high to ignore. And I, I do think it needs to be brought down. Um, I'd like to see some tests at different times. Hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, a blood test is only a snapshot at that one moment in time. Um, I can't see Zeeshan dropping that significantly, but you may find that at a different time in relation to his injections, his estrogen might be at a different point. But... It does seem infeasibly high for his dosing, does that? Yeah, it, it does. And you know what else I'm noticing? I feel like, so he's on 125 milligrams of test, and his test levels are 583. That's not an exceptionally high no. result for the amount of test that he's taking. So I, 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 do, I do wonder... Um, I wonder about how his body is processing the test that he's using. You know, I, I, cause, cause here's, I think one of the things that gets overlooked by the, the no, the no estrogen control zealots that exist, especially in the TRT space nowadays, they kind of, they kind of freak me out to be a little bit honest, Dave, they're a little bit weird. Uh, they aren't looking at the fact that every individual is going to process these drugs differently and that every individual is going to metabolize testosterone differently as well. Mm -hmm. So I wonder, I wonder how his body does at, <clears throat> at breaking down estrogen. You know, I wonder where that's at. You know, we've talked before about uh, how important the liver is for metabolizing things like estrogen. Maybe he's just sluggish at eliminating estrogen you know, maybe it's not a matter of getting too much conversion. Maybe it's something oh, else. Maybe yeah. like a maybe working yeah. on his liver care could be a factor. You know, that that would be my thought. With those numbers being as extreme as they are, 
which relatively they are. I mean, that Eastern level is, is extreme in comparison to its test level. Yeah, it sets off some flags, doesn't it, in your head? When you're used to seeing labs from people every day, it sets off some yeah. flags. It's odd. I, I, it is odd. I would want to confirm that with at least another, if not another two tests. Yeah. And I would also look at using different labs. Yeah. Um, and, and seeing if if it's confirmed because there are things that can go wrong. You know, mistakes do happen, machines do fuck up. Um, so it's not beyond the realms of possibility. It could well be, uh, and I, I think based on that result, there's a strong argument to say that he may be converting at an abnormally high rate. But then there's, there's other factors. Has he drunk alcohol within 24 hours of doing the test? I bet not. I bet not. He... He's twelve percent, eleven percent year round. I bet he's not a drinker. I, I here's my well, thought, I mean, man. I, I know people that are twelve percent around and go out and coke and get pissed up every fucking weekend, and then just take shitloads of train and fucking T three rest of the week and sort it out. So that's true. Come on, let's let's not assume anything. That's true. You're he, probably he right. The, he yeah. may be he may be as clean living as a monk, but we don't know. So I'd also be like, is there anything lifestyle based that could be influencing this? Well, here here'd be a thought. If you were to use, uh, if you were to lean into some supplementation, like uh, calcium deglucurate, give that a try, hmm. see what you get out of it. You may find that you can, it, it might not even be a matter of, of him being a high aromatizer. It might be a matter of him not being good at clearing the estrogens that's there. So then it just keeps building up and building up and building up. You could try some CDG. There is, and and from there, you you mm -hmm. retest in a you know retest in a month, and if you start to see some some results from that, then maybe you just solved your situation. You still don't need to use an AI. On the other hand, if you did need to use an AI, I don't think it's the end of the world the way some people would make you think it is. I think that high estrogen in itself at an extremely high level. You, you could have some long-term issues from that too, you know, too high, too low, no, I, man. They're both a problem. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm it, like you said, though, his test is a little bit on the lower end for his dosing as well, but it's not terrible to be fair. It's yeah. not that far out. It's not that far off. Yeah. It's just not, it's not yeah. like, it doesn't seem, it doesn't jive with me as being like the average, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely a more frequent shot should help control estrogen as well. It may just be that it's one of these factors or all of these factors that make the difference. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is it is unusually high for his protocol, is that estrogen, yes. Unusually high. Look at this question. Can we take a collection by Dave a webcam? Guys, I'd like you to observe the quality of Dave's webcam right now. It's beautiful. Look at this beautiful man. Look at the light uh, reflecting and gleaming off of him. This is uh, this is a picturesque, exactly what I would hope for uh, year round, twenty four seven. Let's let's look at this for a minute and just appreciate it. I, Thank you. I actually have a good webcam. It's not amazing, but it's decent. It's good. You look good right I, now. I have shit internet. That's the problem. <laughs> the beginning of the show, I couldn't even make out where your eyes were in your head. Nor can I normally at this time. <laughs> Dave, I know you had a long day, man. You've been... <clears throat> no, I've got a fucking long day to go yet, mate. I'm still nowhere near finished. 
I appreciate you taking the time to uh, stop. Don't be daft. Don't be daft. Stop and, and, and do the show. Can you see that light in my background? No. Look at there's You see how the bookshelf is like glowing? Watch this. No. Look at that. No, it's red. No. I can't see anything. No, it's. Here, watch this. No, it's flashing different colors. No, can't see anything. That was a that was a Christmas gift from my fiance Victoria. Look at that. It's pretty cool. I, I can't I can't see anything. I see a bookshelf with a plant on it and what looks like a microphone. I don't see any colors. Wow. Well. Okay. I enjoy it. That's all we got for you guys. That's all. That's that's all we do here. Holy shit. Uh, oh, I got to give a shout out to uh, Marty. Look at his uh, look at his profile picture there. He drew us a picture of the cabbage. Look at that, man. Oh, I can't zoom it in any further. Look at that, dude. He did like a cartoon rendering of a cabbage. Isn't that great? It's really good. We should make a shirt out of that. Shout out to shout out to Marty. What would we write on the shirt? I don't know. Cabbages for life, not just Christmas. How about you could use that for the new Eval logo? Logo. No. It'd be good. Um, someone asked actually earlier on if we're opening in Liverpool. We oh. are. We are discussing it, but it's going to be a long way off if it happens. It won't happen until the middle or back end of the year. I know about Liverpool. I know where that's at. Um, we're, we're probably going to be going into Ireland. Ideally, would be the next stage. The island? Into Ireland. The Irish island. Oh, no shit. Into Dr. Dean territory. Yes. Yes, it will be Dr. Dean territory, yes. Yeah. You're going to be going in. Is that like a rival gang thing then? You guys going to have to fight? Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Got anything else for us, Dave? Anything you want to tell us about? I'm ready. Whoa! What are you doing with that bat? I'm I'm getting ready for the gang fight. That's not how we do it here in the states. Oh, oh! <laughs> do I need to upgrade? Hang on, hang on! I'll upgrade. Just stay there. Uh oh! What's Dave got for us, guys? This is a special edition for for just the you, know, you the people who stick to stay tuned to the end of the show. Dave doesn't know though. I got this. I got this. <laughs> so we have upgraded <laughs> Dave actually um, he desecrated a national monument in Germany with, with that with his <laughs> I did yes <laughs> nearly got into a lot of trouble with that <laughs> All right, guys. Well, listen, uh, as we mentioned, Eval, check them out if you're in the UK. Dave, what's the uh, the website for Eval? I know it starts with a www, but then I forget after that. Dot. Mm-hmm. Continue. E. Val. Evalbloodanalysis.com. So Evalbloodanalysis.com. Evalbloodanalysis.com. Perfect. And go to crosslands.org.uk. You can reach out to Dave for, Dave for some coaching there. Hit me up, McNally Diets. <laughs> 
McNallyDiets at gmail.com. I'd be happy to talk to you. We'll talk all about Dave behind his back. It'll be great. And I promise I will go on the, the, my website today and actually answer questions. All right. I know that uh, one of our guys is waiting for that. All right, guys. We appreciate yeah, you. Check out our sponsors, True Nutrition. Uh, check out supplementsource.ca. Uh, Getting all confused here. I'm going to say UK. All right. That's it. We're done. Bye, guys. Yeah.